0: Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. I want to encourage you to start believing. Just start believing. Stop doubting, stop coping, and start believing. We're talking about faith this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It talks about hope. It talks about faith and hope. And it says this, Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now, hope, again, isn't wishful thinking. Come on. I hope. No, you, you, you might wish... But we don't use hope like that as the body. That's how the world uses it because they don't understand it. They don't have a grip for it. But you don't use hope like that. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man, and God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone, anyone, not the most likely to succeed, right? Anyone, Who comes to God, who comes to him, must believe that he exists, that he is, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, I love reward, and so do you. You know, we're like, oh man, it's not for the reward. Yes, yes, yes it is. You work for reward, right? It's called money right? Um, Hopefully you get a bonus sometimes. We love reward. God is a rewarder. He doesn't reward you according to your work. He rewards you according to your faith. But faith works. Faith works and faith labors. I want to talk this morning a a few things about faith. Number one, what what is faith? What is faith? Because, you know, I have faith. You know, I have faith in the tooth fairy, right, or Santa Claus, or um, I'm just kind of throwing this out there. I have faith, I believe. We, we use that, right? It's Christianese. It's, we just kind of throw these words around because it's the right thing to say. I have faith. I believe. I, I, I believe, yeah, I, I have faith. I know that God can, right? We're, we, 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 we talk about, like, our circumstance for, like, 30, 45 minutes and just how bad it is and how rotten it is, and at the end of it, we go, but I have faith, Right? Instead of talking about the God who is way bigger than our circumstances for 35 minutes and then at the end of it go, it's tough right now, but I believe, right? And so faith, what is faith? Faith faith isn't that. Faith is active trust. And we illustrate it like this many times. You guys are all exercising faith right now. You're sitting in that chair. Now Dalton put those chairs together. I don't know. I don't know if that makes your doubt a little shaky, but your chair isn't shaky, uh, you know. But you didn't even think about it. It wasn't something that uh, you. You didn't walk in here. You know. I, I hope you didn't. You know. If you do, then we need to pray um, for you. But you didn't walk in and go. Um. Uh. It's a black chair. I've never said a black chair before. This padding is kind of a little. No. You just. Just sit down. Just like that. You just sit down. And you thought, oh, these are, I've sat in more comfortable chairs, but they're not too bad. Hope the pastor doesn't talk long, right? You didn't think about it. You didn't think about the chair. You just trusted it. And that's what faith is. Faith is active trust. And you're continuing to trust it. It's active. Faith isn't, faith isn't something that happened to you at one point. I had faith at this point in time in my life. I prayed a prayer. I had an experience. That's not faith. Faith is active trust. Faith is believing in what God has said or what God is saying. Hebrews 11, 1. here it is. Now, faith is being sure. Not faith is at one point I had this experience, I had this time, I've been raised this way. No, no, no. Faith is progressive. Faith is active, being sure of what we hope for and certain and what we do not see. I'm certain. You might not have absolute certainty all the time. Maybe you do. If you have absolute certainty all the time, then you have a lot more faith than I do because I don't have absolute certainty all the time. Sometimes it's 51%. And sometimes it's 42 Right? But it's better than zero. God can work with 1%. Come on. So, it's active. It doesn't necessarily mean it's like on turbo mode, right? It just means it's active. It's moving. Some of us really slow, depending on what day it is or how hard our year was. You know, uh, and Leslie shared this, I want to believe, last week. She's it's just been something we've been talking about, you know. Um, Today, I'll just illustrate it this way. Today, Leslie ran out of gas on the way to church. It's probably my fault. Um, It's not, (laughs) but um, it probably is. And so she ran out of gas, you know, and she calls me, you know, we have, like, all the things, the responsibilities we have on a Sunday morning, and and so I'm like, okay, I'm on my way, I'm, like, I'm going to grab somebody, so I'll grab Dalton to grab his car, because we have, like, 40 children, so you can't put them all in one vehicle, and so I'm driving over there, and I'm processing in my mind, how how am I going to fix this situation, and boom, I devise a plan in my mind, you know, and I pull up, and Dalton and I get out, and we push the van over, and then... I open the car and I just I tell the kids, come on, this is what we're doing. Boom, boom, boom. And they didn't get no Elisa protested because she's got this thing right now, but they weren't like, what are we gonna do? Where where are we gonna go? Why? Because they trust me. I'm their dad. I'm their leader. They know that they know that if I that that I have a good intention for them. They know that I'm I'm a decent dad. In their eyes, I'm a good dad, but you know, sometimes in my eyes, I'm just, you know, come kind of, okay. And so I just tell them get out. I'm going to load you guys up, and and then I had this plan. And so I loaded them up in the car. There was there were no questions. There wasn't. Oh, what's going to happen to the van? And where are we going? And none of that. They just listened. What did they do? They trusted me. So faith is act of trust. And listen, sometimes we're in a difficult situation. Sometimes it's hard, and we just got to go with it. Don't freak out. Just go with it. Okay. I could have freaked out. Well, I don't know. Just go home. Just pull the kids out of the van and walk home. Or I'll come and pick you up and we'll just go home. It's a bad day. Right? That's exactly what people do. It a hard. No. My life is not ruled by circumstance. And I know that this is such a running out of gas. is such a little thing. But my life doesn't revolve around circumstance to, to circumstance. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm well established in the sense that there's an agenda. And some of you need to be a little bit more driven by a holy agenda. I'm not talking about, like, you know, you have a problem with agenda and you're, like, always in control like me. But because I'm kind of like that sometimes. Right? But some of you just need to go, this is what I'm going to do and nothing's going to change that. Right? Right? God, Listen, God will make it very clear if you're not supposed to do that, either in his word or, or through community or something. God will make it very clear. So active trust, active trust. Number two, faith is absolutely necessary to please God. See, you can't please God without faith. And I know there's a lot of people out there teaching contrary to that right now, but it says very plainly in Scripture, in order to please God, we've got to have faith. Now, does it doesn't say that you have to have the the faith that Jesus talked about to speak to a mountain to command it to be moved and fall into the sea. Now, he said that we can do that, by the way. It, you don't have to have that kind of faith to please God. It just takes a little to please God. He'll work with what you give him, but you've got to have faith in him. You've got to trust him. That doesn't mean you have absolute trust yet, but you understand that in order to please God, to bring God pleasure, I've got to trust him at some point. And again, your, your, your trust level might not be 100%. It's not. I'll just tell you. Well, I'm 100% believe God. Okay, great. Super spiritual you are. So glad you're real with me. Because I don't know that I've ever been 100% sure on anything. You know? So, it's absolutely necessary. Not even salvation for me. I'll just be honest. I mean, I don't really doubt that anymore, but it took me a long time to go, oh well, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm not saved. Come on. But it's active. How many you know that weak faith is better than no faith? Right? God can work with your weakness, but you've got to give it to him. All right, so Hebrews eleven six 6 again, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So impossible. It doesn't matter how much you do, no matter how many people know your name, no matter how much money you make, no matter how good of a dad you are, no matter how good of an employee you are, or a good husband you are, if you don't have faith, you don't please God. People may be proud of you and clap and applaud and think you're great, but if you don't have faith in God, he's not impressed. God is not The, the thing that moves God is faith, not work, not independence. We love our independence. God doesn't love our independence. He wants to squash it. God wants our dependence, our absolute dependence, because that's what faith is. So faith is absolutely necessary to please God. Number three, faith functions. We talked a little bit about that. Faith works. So some of you, oh, man, I believe God. Get to work. Do work, son. It's time. Do work. It's time to do something. You believe, great. What does that look like? Start. Okay, when I get, no. You start right now. You start today. Whatever that that thing that you feel like that God's put in your heart, you start now. That doesn't mean that it's going to be an oak tree yet. It might just be an acorn. But you do something, oh, one of these days. You, You plant it. You work it. You work the ground. You do something to contribute to what God has put in your heart. What does he put there? So faith functions. Faith functions. Listen, faith that does not express itself is a dead faith. If your faith has no expression, it's because you don't have any faith. It's it's just real. A faith that has no expression is a dead faith. Um, James 2.17, we know it. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It's dead. What does faith look like? Faith has a face. So faith works. In in a in a very real sense, faith is a work. It's not striving, it's trusting. Do you see how that works? Okay. Faith works. So how do we move forward in faith? How do we move forward in faith? Just kind of a side note off this point here. Number one, start seeing. You know, I I don't know how long I've been like this, but as long as I can remember. I've been a guy that can that sees. I see potential. I see it in people. I see it in buildings. Every time I walk into a building, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, if you could be in my brain any time I go somewhere, this could be a church because we're like looking for a building. And I'm like We could do this and that, and that. I wonder how much that would cost. I just see things. and I see it in people's lives. I see people that are broken and a mess and I go they are a mess, but God likes to take messes and Make them something beautiful. He likes to make beauty out of ashes. I mean, that's what my God does. We tend to write people off and think God couldn't use them because they're so screwed up. And God's like, I love those stories. Those are my favorite. <laughs> so if you're really screwed up, you have more potential. The most Listen, the most screwed up person in the room today has the most potential. <laughs> wow. Don't try to be screwed up, but you guys get it. I love this, Isaiah 43, 19. It says, I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun, and I encourage you to read the the rest of this. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? See, God's doing something continually. Will you partner with him to open your eyes and see it? See, in the world, seeing is believing, but in the kingdom, believing is seeing. Let me say that again. In the world, seeing is believing, but in the kingdom... Believing is seeing. What do you see? What do you see? Open your eyes. Faith sees before it's ever visible. See, there's things that you'll see in your life that nobody else can see. When we walked into this building a little over two years ago, I I was the only one. I was I walked in here and it was did not look anything like it does right now, and we, there, this door was here that other door wasn't. And they had this weird thing here, and I walked in and I went, boom! Immediately, I started seeing. Faith sees, and so I made up all these plans. I drew them, you know, like within like thirty minutes I had stuff, you know, because I'm just I'm I'm not very patient, man, and so uh, and that works for me sometimes. And so I, everybody I brought in here, so funny, Pastor Adam, I, my pastors, he, he, uh, I brought him in here, and I was like, see, we're going to do this and that, and I was explaining to him what he sees, but he didn't see it. And he goes, yep. If y'all, y'all know PA, he's, you know, he's just a real hopper and animated, and he goes, I go, what do you think? And he goes, well, I'm excited because you're excited. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> that didn't really help me. But see, faith sees before it's visible. And then here we are, a room full of people, just like we envisioned that day. And we're, you know, now we got to find something else. Not because of anything that we did. It's just we saw it. Because how many know that God knows the end from the beginning? He knows the end before there's a beginning. And so if God knows that, then he can reveal to you points in the story. He can reveal you to the, the end if he wants to. He normally doesn't for some weird reason. But he gives us glimpses So open your eyes We're talking about vision That's what we're talking about And we know without vision People perish You gotta have vision Or you're just You're gonna cope Right? But if you have vision You'll have hope And without Vision the people perish Without people the vision perishes By the way So, you got to have people. So, I encourage you this year to set some spiritual goals. What are you believing God for in 2016? What do you believe Him for? I just want to make some money and get out of debt. Great. That's an awesome goal. What else? So, this is when you set goals, do this reflect and uh, reassess. Reflect and reassess. Where am I What's going on in my life? you know, this is where I am. You need, some of you need to, I mean, it's so hard. I understand. I'm totally DD A, I'm A, D. D, D. Uh, I'm ADD, and I'll sit down, and I'll, you know, go to, like, start writing something down. The next thing you know, I'm, like, over here working on graphic design. I mean, it's just crazy. I don't even know how it happens. It's just, I'm very, not very good at focusing, and some of you are like, yeah, I can tell this morning when you're preaching. Um, so, um, but reflect and reassess. Where you at? Just sit down, Get your phone. Some of you just need to get paper so you're not like in Facebook or, you know, Instagram or something when that wasn't your intention. Y'all you ever do that? Like you open up your phone to answer your text message and then you're on Facebook in the corner going, <laughs> right? You're like, how did I get here? <laughs> That's the story of my life. And so, but sit down, get, get something down and start reassessing where you're at. Where re- Reflect, where am I at in my life? And then rearrange and reestablish some of those things. Because listen, you're not going to get the new thing by doing the old thing. You've got to, in order to see something new, you're going to have to develop some new patterns in your life. It's called insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That's insanity. No, 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 no. The result will be the same. If you keep continuing the same, the result will be the same. You've got to make changes. So rearrange and reestablish. It's not saying that you have to throw a bunch of junk out of your life. You might need to. But not necessarily. You might just need to move some things around, reestablish your priorities, relinquish some things. And number three, when you're setting goals this year, is is be kingdom, emphasis have a kingdom emphasis on what you're doing. Listen, it's so easy, and I know it's easier for me because I'm a pastor and I'm thinking about church all the time and I'm thinking about the kingdom of God all the time. But it is so crucial for you to understand that the kingdom of God is not a church thing church is a kingdom thing. Okay? And so the kingdom of God is with you and in you everywhere you go. See, your job, you might not work at a church, you might not you might work at a place that that uh is that that maybe even does some shady things. You might work in a shady business. But guess what? The kingdom's there because you're there. So, what is your kingdom mandate where you work? What is the kingdom mandate at school? I pray with our kids every morning when I take them to school. It's one of my one of my best rituals, if you will, that I do every day. I pray and I say, Lord, I pray today that they learn. I pray that they grow. But more than anything, I pray that they represent Jesus well. Represent the king well. Because they're in school to learn, but before they're in school to learn, they're there as an ambassador for Jesus. My kids are in school to represent God. That's the priority number one. That doesn't mean that they necessarily pray for their teachers, although we do. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're preaching the gospel all the time, but it means that they've made their school kingdom business. So God, what God does is he helps them because they're in partnership. So you're like repairing tires, and you get a tire that nobody else can repair. But because your kingdom emphasized in what you're doing, God says, well, I'll help you do the tires well. Because you're working for me. You're not even working for them. They're signing your paycheck, but we all know who's in charge. So you work in the kingdom. You work in the kingdom. No matter where you work, you're working in the kingdom. Kingdom work isn't a pastor. In fact, that's kind of lower on the totem pole. Kingdom work is flipping burgers at McDonald's. Understand that where you work is the kingdom because the kingdom's in you. At home, your marriage, what does the kingdom look like there? How is Jesus represented in your marriage? You, and how many know that it's that it's not the responsibility of your spouse to bring the kingdom? And the kingdom doesn't mean like this arrogant assertiveness. No, 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 no. It's a humble servanthood, is what it is. All of us. Uh, Leslie's like that'll preach you. Listen, you're parenting. You're parenting. What does that look like? What does kingdom look like in your home? What does kingdom look like at church for you? Are you a spectator? I'm not hating, but do you just come and, yeah, it's good. I go there because of me, Come because of me. You, listen, you can come, and, and we're, we're honored that you would come and that you would sit, you'd be here, that you'd worship, and you could go home. That's great. We love you. We'll do anything for you. We'll be available to you. Absolutely. But you will receive more. By getting your hands dirty, by changing up, you receive more. I mean, you just do. And and the point isn't to receive the points to give, but you receive by giving. It's just the kingdom currency. It's the way it works, upside down. It's the way it works. So. Emphasize the kingdom and what you're doing this year. God, what does the kingdom of God look like at work? Some of y'all need to write that down. What does it look like at work? It doesn't necessarily, listen, it doesn't necessarily, although it will, mean leading people to Jesus or even inviting them to church. You should do those things, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. It just means representing Jesus well there. How do you treat your liberties, your Christian liberties, in front of them? Okay. How do you talk? Are you are you a source of encouragement or do you drain the room when you walk in? Are they like, Oh Lord, here they come again. I'm gonna go over her work. (laughs) Or when you walk in the door, they're like, Hey, how are you? I'm so glad you're here. Hey, I gotta share something with you. I'm really discouraged because this stuff's going on at home. And because you're a representative of Jesus, you got the heart of heaven for them right there in that moment. That's what I'm talking about. And then they're getting saved and wrecked, and everything's changing. And you're like, oh. God's like, see, you made your work my work. And so I'm making my work your work. Let's do this. We're in partnership. Come on. This is what the kingdom looks like. All right. So start seeing that. Start seeing that. It's called vision. What do you want to see? Write it down. This year. I want to pray for I want people to start coming up to me and tell me what of encouragement I am. And I want to pray for three people and them get healed. That's a great goal. Do you see it? God's already doing it. Do you see it? Open your eyes. Sit down, reflect, do some things, and get that straightened out. Start processing. And we, we talk about processing. We're talking about writing things down. Habakkuk two. Write the vision so that the herald may run with it. What is a herald? A herald is, is someone who runs with a vision. I know we think angels, but really a herald in that day was someone who would read the vision, take the vision, roll up the scroll, seal it, and take off with it, and tell everybody and show everybody what the vision says. So what you're doing is you're rotting down the vision. You're making little post-it notes and you're sticking it on the bathroom counter. You're writing things down to put it on. You're putting, setting notifications in your phone to remind you those things. What are you doing? You're processing. This is what God wants to do in my family this year. I want my child, this child, to stop acting like this. That's a good spiritual goal. I want my children to start reading their Bible every day. If that requires me going and sitting down and reading it with them, then I will do that. But that is a goal that I have. Okay? So, process. Start writing down what you want and then declare it. Declare it. Declare what you want to see. We've said it before that that in the kingdom, believing is seeing. So, if you believe it, you speak it. You stop talking about how hard it is or you you just don't know my experience. I don't give it, I don't care. I don't care. I know. I don't care. God cares. And I do care. In pastoral level, I do care. But I don't care as it being an excuse for you, as a handle for you to go, well, I'm disabled from God's destiny in my life because this rotten crud happened to me. Get over yourself. I know, it's hard. We love you. We'll work through that. We'll pray over that. But get over yourself. It's time to move on into what God is calling you to and stop living in the past. So start talking about what God's doing. Do you not see? Oh, I see. Now start talking about that. Start talking about that. What are you going to do for God this year? Start talking about that. And when you talk about something, it does a couple of things. First of all, it builds your faith. The other thing it does is it holds you accountable to people. Because they're going to be like, hey, babe, didn't you say you are going to start, uh, you know, doing, like, growing coffee in the backyard? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that, how many you know that coffee is a kingdom thing, by the way? Okay. Uh, and listen, when you're processing, that means you're praying about it every day. Every day you're praying about it, right? You're praying about it every day. Well, do you pray every day? We're going to talk about spiritual disciplines here in a couple of weeks. I'm going to give you some tools to help you because you need to be praying. Pray about that thing every day. I pray about a building every single day. I mean, that's like our declaration this year. We're going to get a building. And you know what? If the end of the year happens and we don't get one, then we'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be like, Because we know that why God's putting it out, right? Y'all are laughing. You watch. God's going to do something. We're going to declare it. And you're going. some of y'all are going to be like, skeptical, and you're going to come up to us because you think it needs to happen quicker than God thinks it needs to happen. And uh, and you're going to be like, but we're still believing. We're still declaring, and we aren't going to get all shaken. We're not going to be all disturbed by it. We're going to believe. I love, you know, uh, Mom Lindsay, was the, the founder of Christ for the Nations. She used to say this, and um, she would get up in chapel sometimes, and she would— She's just you know, I love the simplicity, extraordinary faith, but I love the the simplicity of it as well. Because how many know that a simple faith is an extraordinary faith? And uh she got up and she said, you know, over the years she just got, I mean, she was like in her 80s, and she was like, she would, she would say this all the time. She'd say, over the years, people had asked me, well, what would you do if the school fell apart? Or, what would you do if, you know, your husband died, which he did? Or what are you going to do if your children die? Or what are you going to do if this happens or that happens? She said, people tell me that all the time. She said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the same thing I do every day. I'm going to wake up, I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to serve Jesus. You got that consistent. It's just like, okay, that's pretty simple, and you're like, well, yeah, I need that. That's what I need to do. Listen, you better get that habit established before those things happen. Okay. So, and and C is don't stop believing. That would be a good title for a song. <laughs> Judah, <laughs> probably what, four years ago, he was, I guess we had heard that, you know, that song kind of made a resurgence several years ago, and Judah would be like, or Mariah, it was Mariah. she'd be like don't stop believing jesus like she made it like a worship song it was like it's something like he's cute and cuddly or yeah it was was funny anyway so don't tell her she'd probably get embarrassed now um but don't stop believing don't stop listen it's it's an act of trust it's not it's not a listen faith is not a destination It don't end. We believe in Jesus. We'll trust in him forever. It had a beginning, but it has no end. Um, You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight, not by what's going on around us, but about what what God has said, what God has done. Listen, I can tell you that after I've served Jesus for over 22 years, that that it's, for the most part, it's always been good. That doesn't mean that everything in my life has been good, but it's always been good. I've been fired up. And it's not always because I was always hearing for heaven. It's not always because I was in a worship time and like I could feel like the glory pouring on me. Like I can tell you that those times aren't always there. And it's not easy. People haven't always been nice to me and good to me. There's been things that have been very difficult. There's been Christians that were were treated me wrong. I don't know why we get all hung up in that. I've been wronged a whole bunch, and, but the reason why I've been able to have a sustaining faith for over 22 years is because I live in a relationship with God, and, and we have this connection, and it's about active trust, and I go with it. I'm not like, well, what am I going to do? It's like, I do have those moments, but I don't live my life on freaking out about every circumstance. Well, how do you do that how do you build that faith by reading your bible and by praying that's how you build it by ha- what is what is that called a relationship with god see if you don't if you're not in the word and you're not praying you don't have a relationship with god we're going to talk about that either next week or the week after that but listen god's bigger than your insecurities he's bigger than your weakness he's bigger than your doubts he's bigger than your circumstances he's bigger than your frustration he's bi- he's bigger than the analysis that the doctor gave you He's bigger. I know what's easy for me to say right now. And I know for some of you that's very hard. But you've got to remind yourself and start declaring that God is bigger. Maybe that will be your theme this year. God is bigger. I'll I'll start preaching here in a minute. The fourth thing about faith is this. Let me go back over these. I know this is kind of detailed. Faith is an act of trust. Faith is absolutely necessary to please God. Faith functions. So that's what we've been talking about right there. And number four, faith will be tested. Your faith will be tested. It's a promise. It's a Bible promise. Put that in your Bible promise book. Your faith will be tested. Now, testing isn't fun, right? Uh Huh? Especially your study. Come on, James one two. Dear brothers and sisters. Dear brothers and sisters. I know that's how he wrote that. Brothers, and sisters. When troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Okay. Well, can we just take that one out? I mean, I don't know why we left that one in there. I mean, if there's anything that should have be should have been taken out, it should have been that verse, right? Consider it joy when you face trials now, who does that? Let's see a show of hands yeah, every sometimes like eleven percent of the time, right. <laughs> I love it. I love it that we're in a church that we that we don't raise our hand when when we're all over it, but whenever we screw up, we're like, "Yes, I am." I love it. I love it that we're home, but we, we do have faith. Okay, so brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for joy. How do we do that? All right, there we go. For you know that when your faith is being tested or is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. Come on, bring on the trials. All right. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will have a perfect and complete, you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, because sometimes you're asking to get out, and God's going, won't you ask me for wisdom to see how you can handle it instead of getting out of the situation? Oh, come on. Because that's what we do. God, get me out of this. I want a new job. I want some. God's like, won't you ask me for wisdom? Yeah. So it's because I've got you in that job, and I got you that job, and aren't you grateful for that job? Well, I don't need a new job. I don't. You know, man, I know people that change jobs like every six months. Oh, I just hate my job. I hate my job. How many jobs have you had? <laughs> right? Oh, I need a new job. You got a job. Quit complaining. Start putting the kingdom first. I know, I know, but there's not Christian. I want to work around Christians. How boring. <laughs> not because Christians are boring, but I hear that all the time. Well, yeah, you know, the people that I work with, they're not really, they're, they're like lost, lost. They're like so lost, like there's no hope for them. And be like, well, maybe you need to have that faith for them and hope for them. Maybe God will give you a better job when you start treating that job like it's the kingdom job that He gave you. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Why, why, why? I'm not being mean, okay. But so, if you need wisdom, which we do need wisdom, Lord, I need wisdom. What do you? Well, here I am. I want a new job, but I'll ask for wisdom this time. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they're unstable in everything that they do. Well, we love the book of James. (laughs) So our faith will be tested. (sighs) There'll be seasons where your faith is tested daily. There'll be seasons where your faith is tested monthly. But you and I both... Don't want to follow somebody that's faith has never been tested. We love a faith that is tested. We don't like the testing. How is our faith tested? Well, first of all, faith is tested by our doubts. Our insecurities, our struggles, where, you know, the the 49% where I'm not believing. We are tested by our doubts. See, doubt is not a problem. You remember there's a story in Scripture about a man that came to Jesus, and I use this a lot because it's good. And he said, Jesus, would you heal my son? And Jesus is like, he's like, if you can, can you heal him? And Jesus is like, what do you mean if I can? Well, right? And he says, well, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, those moments when you say, I believe and help my unbelief, is when you're placing the most trust in him because you're saying, help. That's exactly what happened to us when we planted this church, because I was like, I don't want to plant a church. Never, ever, ever. And I'm mowing the grass, and I'm like, God's wanting us to plant a church. I was like, oh, crud. <laughs> Why? Because I have doubts. I have insecurities. And so I was like, okay. I was, there was no yes in me. I wasn't like, yes, God, I'll do it. Thank you, Jesus. I will go and plant a church. No, heck no. I was like, uh, okay, God, you sure? <laughs> but what happened is I told the Lord, I was like, Lord, I believe, I believe you, you've always been faithful, you've always taken good care of us, but you got to help my own belief. And months later, I mean, all this miraculous stuff happened after that moment whenever I agreed with God. All this our house sold in 24 hours. I, we're getting prophetic words left and right about, yes, this is what you're supposed to do. And I'm mowing the grass again for some reason. The last time at this house that sold in 24 hours. And I said, God, I'm sorry for doubting you. And he said, son, at that moment when you said, help my unbelief is when you transferred your trust. Can I tell you today that your doubts are a challenge, but be vulnerable with them. Don't be super spiritual. This is why we need community. Don't, you don't have to tell me, bless God. You don't have to give me that. Just be real. Just be like, man, I'm telling you. Like, I believe God, but it's hard to believe God right now. Because when you do that, you get help. But when you're arrogant and you're prideful and you don't have it figured out and you're acting like you do, who's going to help you? Nobody, because you don't need help, remember? It's all you. You're independent. So what will you do with your doubts? Will you give them to him? Be vulnerable. We're not talking about arrogance. None of us need to be arrogant, have an arrogant faith. We need to have a confident faith. So doubts. The other way they were tested is by circumstances. You guys remember that story of Peter walking on the water? right? Jesus walked on the water. Yeah, but Peter walked on the water too. Remember? Jesus said, come on. He's like, oh, okay. Before he knew it, he was walking on the water. In fact, he didn't even realize he was walking on the water until he started looking at everything around him. Until he started looking at the circumstances. And that's, what, that's the other way that where our doubt is tested, right? Is by the circumstances. What's going on around me? How's everybody treating me? How I'm feeling today. These are all circumstances. But you don't live from circumstance to circumstance. You live from glory to glory. And you know what's funny about that story about Peter? (laughs) We're like, (laughs) (laughs) poor little Peter, he doubted just like Thomas. (laughs) Doubting Thomas. (laughs) If I was there, I would have been walking. You know, we kind of act like that, right? It's like, you know, like Thomas, like he was speared through his body, right? He died for Jesus, and we still call him doubter, which is ridiculous that we do that. He just needed a revelation, and he got it. He changed the world. Peter is like, okay. I mean, he, we know Peter, and he gets out of the boat and he starts walking. You guys can read this, Matthew 14. And Peter's walking on the water. Before he even realizes he's walking on the water, he's like, whoa, whoa. And then he, What? He doubts. And Jesus looks at him and helps him up and says, why did you doubt? He doubted because of his circumstances. He doubted because the water was crazy, because there was a storm. He he did what we do. But can I tell you this about Peter? He's the only one. He's the only one that I ever know of that walked on water. It was just for a second, but he walked on the water. He got out of the boat. So even in his doubt faith was still there so I don't look at Peter and go Peter God bless him no I'm like man I wish I had the courage to get out of the boat because this is the thing about faith when it's tested and we pass the test we understand that God is a rewarder check this out faith will be rewarded It's Not faith may be rewarded. Faith will be rewarded. Faith is always rewarded. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. We serve a good, good father. It's who he is. He's a rewarder. Of of who? Of those who diligently seek him. Listen, God is not looking for casual inquirers. He is looking for diligent seekers. Those that would say, God, you are the prize of my life. I want you. I want your kingdom. Here I come, and I know you're a rewarder, but I want you. And he's like, Yes, and I will reward that because you are actively placing your trust in me. We live in a society that rewards everything, don't we? Let's give the losing team a trophy. Everybody feels good. Everybody feels equal. How many know the the losing team and the winning team, they're not equal? Sorry. They're equal in value. They have human value. Yes. But they all don't deserve the trophy. They just don't. Because reward is for those who deserve reward. We don't get reward for effort. We get reward for faith. We get reward for our faith, our trust in God. Listen, the reward isn't for everybody. I know that that's hard to hear this morning. The reward isn't for everybody. The, the reward aren't for those who whine about th- that they're entitled to, to a reward. or those that think that they deserve a reward because of everything difficult that they've been through. No, no, no. The, the reward is for those who believe God enough to seek Him to believe God enough to seek Him.